We're the Avengers. We can bust arms dealers all the live long day, but that up there, that's... That's the end game. How are you guys planning on beating that? Together. Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline 231-224-MIKE. Again, that's 231-224-6453. And right into the mailbag, Mike Seibert Radio at gmail.com. And that spelling is S-E-I. B-E-R-T, and by popular demand, it's the Avengers Endgame full spoiler extravaganza. I've got two great guests joining me along the way. Uh, Charlie Harger stops by to talk about the connection between Avengers Endgame and Transformers the movie, as well as the podcasting classes he teaches at Green River College. And later, Chris Burr-Martin, the selfie dad, calls in, and you won't believe how many times he's actually seen the endgame and the craziest Deep Cuts character he'd like to see in the MCU. Plus, I sound off on the major plot points and your voicemails. All of that and more on this all-new episode of Mike Seibert Radio. But first, let's kick things off with some shout Shoutouts. All right, let's get into shoutouts. Yay! Steals again. It's so catchy. (laughs) Sorry, Mike. Uh, congratulations to Ryan, Aaron, and Caleb, who you just heard right there, celebrating 100 episodes of Autopod Decepticast, your minute-by-minute breakdown of the Transformers, the movie. And thanks again to everybody who sent me those voicemails, including Ernie, Michael Andrews, Jeremy Darrell, and Charles from the Transmissions podcast, Dave Cabal, Alpha Magnus, Vangelis, Haley Bono and Mandy, and one uh, mystery caller. Good evening. This is the loneliest Decepticon Shockwave just wishing the Autobot Decepticast uh, a wonderful 100th podcast unit. <laughs> uh, so we did have to consult Ultra Magnus for this Unsolved Mystery. Join me. You may be able to help solve a mystery. Nah, it was Alpha Magnus the whole time. Uh, Toby, he uh, he eventually fessed up, but you can follow Shockwave on Twitter at One Lonely Con. Uh, check out episode one hundred at AutopodDecepticast.com.
so we're hanging out here in the booth uh, with uh, with a uh, mentor of mine, um, KGRG alum and multiple multiple. I, I've added two multiples right. now. Right, uh, award winning journalist Charlie Harger. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Is it too much for you to call me a hero as well? Maybe. Okay. Well, think <laughs> I'll, about I'll it. Work, I'll okay. work. I'll work on it. I don't like calling myself a hero. But that's not been my experience. Dot, dot, dot. Not, yeah. not, not specifically. Hi, Mike. How the heck are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm well. Well, thank you for taking uh, some time out of your very busy schedule. Uh, you wanted to talk about the end game. Yeah. You, uh, you saw yourself an Avenger. I Listen, I have watched perhaps half the Marvel movies. I'm not like the big Marvel head. I, oh. I don't know what you'd, you'd call it. I know you really rather enjoy the film series. It's yeah. a good thing. I, I do too. And uh-huh. it was great because my kiddo, Sam, he just turned, well, he's about to turn seven. And oh my God, so he's that time just, now? I know, he's just old enough that he's starting to be able to go to movies like this. So we had talked about it. We watched the uh, previous one, Infinity yeah. War. The, the Affinity War, yes. Yeah, sure. Whatever it was called. <laughs> and we had to cut that into two nights. Yeah. We, you know, it's on Netflix. And really enjoyed it. And I go, hey, buddy, we can get tickets to go see this 945 Saturday morning. You want to go see? He goes, yeah, let's do it. And we did. Wow. That's great. I mean, well, I mean, so many things. Yeah. I So... He's almost seven, and right. most of these Marvel movies are PG-13. They are. And they a little are. on the intense side. They are. You know, the one thing that got him, there, there's some swearing in, yeah. it's nothing like over the top. It does bother me, though, a bit. Yeah. Like, even a 40-year-old man, I'm like, could we tone it down with the S word a little bit? Do okay, we really okay. have to but use that on. so often? I was thinking about this yesterday. Thank you for bringing this mm-hmm. up. I was out in the garage, I was tinkering mm-hmm. around, and I go... What does every young man, and I call myself a young man, somebody who is in their early to Uh mid-40s, what's the one thing you remember about the Transformers original film? The two instances back, what, that was 87? 86. 86. Back in 86. I was seven years old, actually. Okay. See, how did you read my mind? I was going to actually bring this up. That is the one thing I recall from going to go see that movie multiple times in the theater. My buddy Jeff Wishart and I would talk about it. Oh, my God, there was some swearing in the Transformers movie. Mm -hmm. So, in that context, it's okay. It's not like they're, you know, using some... Uh, racial or very dirty words, yeah. but uh, you know, metaphors. in context, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we enjoyed it. I mean, that's the thing. It, it was a, a fun movie. That that one really zipped by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my thing with uh, with the end game, I think going into it was uh, that that runtime. Yeah, three hours and one minute. And and I remember uh, uh, Brian, the movie guy, famously saying that it's. It, it's a brisk three hours. Mm-hmm. A sentence I've never thought I'd ever hear in my lifetime. Well, it's a brisk three hours. It is, though. Yeah. It really does move at a clip. Um, I am wondering about the precedent that sets, though, um, because I, I don't need more three-hour movies. I think even at, like, 2.45, I think Infinity War was pushing it, and yeah. I feel like these movies get longer and longer and longer, and... That's neither here nor there, but um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm really curious about what uh, Sam's takeaway was uh, watching it. I think it, the 
he has a look of something that is very different than you or I yeah. might. He is seven, six year olds. They don't pick up on the nuance. Mm-hmm. He he liked the spectacle. So sure. you know, you, you have the bad guys versus the good guys. Can the good guys win? That was a, a big deal for him. So he he really enjoyed the bigger picture of yeah. it. Where you know, someone like you or me, we're probably going to be focusing more on little aspects and be more nitpicky. For him, he's just able to enjoy it. I mean, think about how people were able to enjoy the prequels. Sure. I mean, they they really were. Kids loved the prequels. Mm -hmm. You know, I had the experience of watching them as an adult and, and thinking, my God... What George Lucas? What have you done to my childhood? Yeah, yeah. What have you wrought? <laughs> right. Uh, however, kids watching this, are, they're like, man, yeah. this is great. This yeah. is, uh, you know, uh, popcorn. And maybe that's truly what we should be enjoying about it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, it's a fun story, and yeah. it was well told. I and I, I think there were some really nice cinematic touches in that yeah. movie. Uh, stuff I wasn't expecting. Are we giving away any spoilers? Full spoilers here? at this okay, point. Okay. Okay. So there's there's been a spoiler warning i certainly wouldn't encourage you to turn off mike's show uh but all right at the end i've i've, I've given yeah. a fair warning right yes, yes at the end where tony stark slash iron man died what <laughs> sorry oh that this is the the infinity war podcast yeah. it's now the end game podcast <laughs> uh no but at the yeah, end no, iron man dies right yes, yes so what i thought the filmmakers did a really good job with was throughout the film if you're listening to the movie they they've got a good soundtrack mm-hmm. uh, a lot of dynamic sound but when he dies there is a good 30 to 60 seconds of silence yeah silence was such a powerful thing in that yeah. movie it was so well done I, I thought that was brilliant how they decided to do that and it was kind of interesting being in the movie theater uh, hearing grown men <clears throat> loudly yeah. uh, clear their throats because they, they were hit in the feels absolutely yeah so uh, really well done I, I thought the aspect of having Captain America go back in time yeah. and enjoy his life was really smart. And the makeup they had on him at the end, it didn't look forced or unnatural. It, it looked like it was Chris Evans in there, but yeah. uh, as an old man. So that was well So that well. is Chris Evans, right? Oh, I, it has to be. Yeah, I, I thought He had so. glorious hair. It was fantastic <laughs> really as an old really man. Did. I hope mine turns out that well, way. Well, and it is interesting that it looks like they're grooming Chris Evans for uh, a Joe Biden biopic. Uh, he, could be. He's could looking Biden esque yeah, there for yeah. sure. But but yeah, no, that was that was um a really sweet touch that I did not anticipate because I thought Chris Evans has been very public about after this movie I'm done. Yeah. I'm done as Captain America. So basically that's signing his death warrant. I you know, and sure. and it added some weight to the battle scenes too, because every time he took a punch, I'm like, Oh man, this is it. Oh man, this is it. And then to give us the ending that they did for the Captain America. America character was incredibly sass. I, I've always been more of a Captain America fan than an Iron Man fan, but so that really got me. And I don't generally cry at the movies. Like, yeah. I, I, I didn't even cry when the Wolverine died. I kind of choked. What? Up a little, yeah, yeah, I know. But I, I did get a little choky when, when they, they turned the cross into an yeah. X. I'm like, oh, they're doing the thing. Yeah. But, but when it gets to the end of the movie, and you're hearing that old timey music, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, 
Oh, and uh, I, I got I got the yeah. throat clenches. Help me out here yes. because I I follow your show on occasion, and I I know um, at least some of your guests are resistant to change. They they don't yeah. like when things are different. Sure, sure. And we know from the end of the Avengers movie, the yeah. torch has been passed as Captain America. Yeah, it's a he plays Falcon or Falcon. He plays yeah, Falcon. Yeah. Sam Wilson the Falcon. Yeah. Sam Wilson the Falcon is going to be the next Captain America. Absolutely. How's that going to go over among your peer group? Um, that that's really interesting because I I really haven't heard much rumblings one way or the other yeah. my thing is is i i and i'll 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 fight anybody on this um that's that's directly from the comics i mean yes. um sam wilson falcon is a character that goes back to the early 70s and was really kind of captain america's um main sidekick outside of bucky you know so um yeah, Falcon has just been there for 40 years and even in the contemporary Marvel comics, you know, there was a time where Sam is Captain America okay. with, with the shield and the wings. Huh. It's it's kind of a, it's kind of yeah. an interesting visual, but um so for me, I'm all for it. Um it would be kind of I'm interested to see what they do with the show. They're doing oh, a show sure. with uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Okay, now okay. is it going to be Winter Soldier and Captain America, or I mean that that's becoming? That, you know, yeah. who knows? But but I, I would imagine the folks that are upset about progressive storytelling are going to be upset about it. I, I think that'll be interesting to watch. I, I know you just have a couple minutes left, mm -hmm. but this is my time to be on your show. Of course. Here's what I want to bring up also. We, we saw the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. Uh, by the way, uh, Into the Spider-Verse was my favorite superhero movie of the past decade. Yeah. Loved that movie. Saw the trailer for the new uh, Far From Home. Looks excellent. And I don't know if it's a deception or not from mm. this Stereo that they've been able to open the multiverse, but just in uh, broad terms, what are you thinking when you see a trailer like that? Wow, that that's uh, you should be a journalist. I think that yeah, that's an excellent yeah. question. One, um, I I'm way more interested in this movie than I thought I was. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm already in on Baby Spider Man. I I, yeah. I like Tom Holland's performance. I liked Homecoming fine, um, but. I think there's going to be a gravity and weight to this that I wasn't anticipating. And I also like, I mean, like from like frame one of this new trailer, you see this this um, uh, amazingly beautiful mural of Tony Stark as Iron Man. And right. I'm like, did Miles do that? You know, oh, eh? okay. Okay. So, or his uncle. So maybe this, yeah. or his uncle, yeah. Right. Uh, uncle Aaron. Um, there's, a, there's a couple different ways to go. The comic book nerd in me, though, thinks that uh, Jake Yellenhall and his uh, uh, fishbowl helmet, I think he's full of hooey. I don't uh, think... I'd, well, because... You're calling shenanigans. I'm, and Tom Foolery and maybe a little skullduggery oh. because let me tell you a little bit about Mysterio. He's, he uh, works in the movies as a special effects technician and it's all mm -hmm. about deception and all of that. So I can see him endearing himself to like Nick Fury and the and all that and turns out there's no multiverse it's all it's all like his scheme but one last thing I, I wanted to mention about uh, Mysterio before uh, uh, before I let you go and uh, let you get back to work Mysterio is, is going to open the portal and outwalk the X-Men and outwalks Deadpool the end 
stay tuned for Avengers Five. Okay, but there please you continue. Go. Well, well, I was gonna say we we were. Uh, um, I was at the the supermarket yesterday and yeah. I bought uh, bought some Doritos like I like to do, Cool Ranch style. Wow! And on it was so they're doing like the whole thing, but on my Cool Ranch Doritos yeah. is Mysterio. Oh. I have lived long enough to where I have seen. Mysterio, D-list Spider-Man villain on you know fishbowl head and everything. I mean, I mean the the costume is incredibly comics accurate to the point where that's I don't know it, what what an amazing time, an amazing age we're living in. That these obscure characters. I mean, again, we've had an Ant-Man movie, mm-hmm. a couple of them. We've had a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, a couple of them. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm waiting for the Spider Ham standalone. By the way, I'd watch that. Yeah, I would in a heartbeat. There, uh, there is like a short on the on the Blu-ray. I haven't watched it yet, but it's it's there. Yeah, there's a Spider Ham short there, but okay. um, but yeah. So Charlie, I hear that you also teach a podcasting what? class to uh, to uh, aspiring podcasters. Once upon a time, like like myself, I, I think I'm one of your uh, five star students. If I if I remember, yeah, correctly. you're pushing legend, it, but sure, Dairy, two um, words, legendary ish. I, I remember ish. that on my transcript very specifically. Let me tell you. So every quarter at Green River College, I've I've been teaching. It's called digital radio. So we talk a lot about streaming radio. And about 14 years ago, we started doing podcasting, even before it was called podcasting. Right. I was having students record shows. And that's become a, a much more important thing in the business. And so, yeah, I, I teach a podcasting class. And we, over the summer, if you sign up at greenriver.edu, we go from 1040 to 1150, Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's a seven-week class. You're going to do four podcasts in addition to, for one last time, uh, you'll have your own weekly radio show. Coming up in the fall, it's going to be called podcasting journalism 125 so we're we're changing things up Tuesdays and Thursdays it goes from 10 to 11:30 that's an eight uh, actually it's an 11 week course wow. and uh, you'll well, be yeah, doing quarter, so, four yeah. actually more than four podcasts you're going to be doing a bunch of podcasts that quarter we're, we're getting that all put together journalism 120 though that's the thing you want to sign up for this summer at greenriver.edu perfect thanks a lot Charlie appreciate it it's been great being here with you Mike We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you in the news. You bet. And hey, you know what? I, I just heard uh, from Charlie that he had the opportunity to interview, uh, get this, Mr. William Shatner, uh, Captain Kirk himself, uh, recently for an appearance he's got coming up here in Seattle in the next couple weeks. I mean... I'm not going, um, and and I think you know why. Uh, screw that guy. But uh, but you know what? Sometimes you get the moon, and I think maybe I just caught Mr. Shatner on a bad day. Uh, but other times uh, you get the sun. You know, like uh, like Charlie did, and um, he he told me that Mr. Shatner was very lovely to him, uh, gave him a little extra time than than uh, was originally allotted, and that makes me really happy. So um, I I'm cool that other people uh, get to have positive experiences um, uh, because I I don't know if I would be able to handle it if uh, Mr. Shatner done a broke broke my guy's heart. I just I. 
I, I got no time for that. Uh, but uh, uh, from what I understand, that's in his top three of bucket list interviews uh, that that Charlie was looking to get. So uh, so good on him. That's awesome. And I will definitely make sure and uh, share that on my personal Twitter and Facebook when that story drops. Um, and uh, just want to remind you, sign up for Journalism 120, uh, taught by Charlie Harger at Green River College. A summer quarter starts on June 24th. And don't miss Charlie's brand new podcasting class, Journalism 125, starting in the fall. The first day of classes is September 23rd. Uh, like Charlie just said, uh, check out greenriver.edu. But you can also go to kgrg.com slash classes for more registration information as well. And uh, that music that you heard earlier uh, before uh, I talked to Charlie was a guitar cover of Alan Silvestri's Portals from the Avengers Endgame score soundtrack by Brenhenge. Um, I'll have a link to the full video in the show notes. I love his stuff. Um, But a few things I wanted to touch on uh, from my conversation with uh, Charlie. Um, uh, I wanted to get back to Transformers the movie because, duh. Um, But no, we didn't didn't get a chance to uh, get back to it. But um, I I saw a couple folks posting that you know like uh, uh, Avengers Endgame is the Transformers the movie of the MCU and I didn't I didn't quite get the relate at first I I had to think about it some but um you know you you've got heroic sacrifice you've got you know some pretty decisive final battles you've got some good character moments uh but the thing that that I noticed is um you know apparently the the um, Avengers assemble moment where you know Captain America is wielding Mjolnir and you know everybody is there. I mean, even the composition is very very similar. So like when uh, Cap has the hammer and he's kind of kind of pulling it back a little bit and and says Avengers assemble, it's very similar to how uh, Rodimus Prime uh, rallies uh, the remaining Autobots at the end. There, you know, after he's got the Matrix after. After he's defeated Galvatron, uh, the again the posing is the same, and when he speaks that iconic line, Autobots transform and robot. It's uh, it, it's very very similar, and I hadn't really thought about it until uh, um, I, I saw somebody post that on uh, on Facebook. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it's it's a bit of a stretch as always. I mean, listen to any given episode of uh, the countdown for where I kind of try to shoehorn Transformers the movie as often as possible. But I thought it was kind of neat, and you know. Um, you know, Charlie had mentioned that his uh, son Sam has uh, just seen Avengers Endgame at seven, and that's when I saw Transformers the movie, and that really imprinted on me uh, that experience there. So um, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how how much this movie sticks with him, and if it ends up being uh, uh, something that's uh, iconic and he comes back to. Uh, we also touched on both Iron Man and Captain America's fates, uh, but it's one of the main reasons I liked this movie so much is that, and um, uh, this almost sounds like a swear word in some circles, but Avengers Endgame does an excellent job of subverting expectations. 
um, effectively. Now, I, I'm not going to go on an entire screed about uh, uh, The Last Jedi. I mean, you know, see see some of my episodes with Killing Spree, and I think Charlie even kind of alluded uh, to that um, earlier, you know, talking about folks being uh, resistant to change. I'm, I'm not going to unpack that that legislation here, but um, but we all expected Cap to die, right? Um, for sure. And we were pretty sure Iron Man was either going to die also or be otherwise incapacitated and not be in these movies anymore. I, uh, personally, I thought it was going to be both. I, I thought it was going to be like like a Butch and Sundance thing, uh, ask your parents. But um, but I, I really, th- that's a great example of subverting audience expectations, but still delivering a uh, satisfying uh, outcome. You know, like I, I've seen folks on Twitter, especially now uh, with, uh, with what's going on with Game of Thrones, you know, fo- folks are... Um, you know, upset that they didn't necessarily get what they wanted. And I think that's what makes Endgame so special also is that it it gives you what you wanted, exactly what you wanted. Maybe not exactly the way that you wanted it. And and we'll, you know, we'll unpack a little bit of that in a few also. Um, but it surprises you, it delights you, it thrills you. And that's that's what I really liked. And, you know, uh, again, with, with the big two, um, uh, big surprises there. And, and not just them, but the other characters as well. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll come back to that and, uh, you know, kind of unpack a little bit when I run down the characters individually and, you know, kind of get into the themes of being your best self. Uh, but, you know, I, I did I did want to pick a knit while I was here. And it's uh, it's Iron Man's Infinity Gauntlet. Now, um, I, I got no problem with where he snatches the the Infinity Stones from from Thanos. I, I that's fine. I I heard uh, Burr Martin, who we're who we're going to hear from in a little bit here, uh, mention on his podcast that um, uh, apparently there's there's some shenanigans where. Iron Man is uh, touching Thanos's gauntlet, which is Iron Man tech, um, and you can you can see the the stones kind of slide off and kind of transfer really quick. If it's kind of like a blink and you miss it type of thing, uh, but uh, but apparently there's enough uh, evidence there uh, to support that. But my problem is with. Uh, the Iron Man tech being able to handle the Infinity Stones themselves. Um, in Infinity War, we're told that, you know, uh, Peter Dinklage forges the Infinity Gauntlet, and apparently this is the the only uh, weapon in the cosmos that can handle uh, all six Infinity Stones. And um, I think that... it that plot line seems to kind of get dropped a little bit because apparently Iron Man could just make a glove and pop the stones into them and it, and it's fine. Um, I did think the keep away scene was really great, especially, uh, when Nebula gets a, gets a handle on the glove. It's, it's kind of a shame. She didn't get a chance to, to put it on for a quick sec. Uh, you know, just as a direct callback to the, uh, uh, infinity gauntlet, uh, miniseries from the comics, but, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I, I just thought it was kind of a cool Easter egg, but, but again, my issue is that I don't remember anything explicitly said in dialogue 
uh, to where, you know, I mean, like the Stark tech isn't enchanted or anything like that. You know, it's supposed to be like, you know, dwarven magic, you know, that that uh, Peter Dinklage did to make the Infinity Gauntlet function. So I, I thought it was kind of kind of hinky that, you know, just regular Dagular Iron Man armor is able to uh, uh, wield the power of the gems. Now, you could also argue that it doesn't do it entirely effectively because it it kills Tony Stark and it almost kills the Hulk, um, which incidentally the Russo brothers have uh, confirmed that the, the, the damage to Hulk's arm is permanent. So like when we see him in the next movie, he's going to have a withered, gimpy arm. Uh, wait a sec. Not unlike how we saw Thanos at the beginning of Endgame, because remember when he's like, you know, picking all this like, uh, uh, being playing his Farmville game, getting these uh, spiny f- uh, fruits for his stew and whatnot. He's got a withered arm, and the gauntlet is kind of like fused to his hand. Um, it isn't until Thor chops it off that you know where it comes off, but you get the idea. Um, so yeah, that that was that was just a just a weird nitpick that that I seem to have. Um, I also wanted to talk about uh, while I was here uh, some of the things that uh, Lucky observed when uh, when my wife and I went to go see it. We we saw it on a on a uh, Tuesday afternoon and then went to uh, went to an Azteca afterwards. Spoiled the hell out of it. So apologies for uh, anybody that was sitting near us because we we got a. Oh man, we got really deep into it. And this was before the uh spoiler embargo was lifted by the uh uh by the Russos uh themselves, which incidentally I, I don't know if I've seen that before where it's like, oh yeah, no, you can you can start freely spoiling it on Monday because now we're releasing this uh the Spider Man trailer. But um uh but anyway, there there were a couple things that I kinda wanted to touch on uh from my conversations with uh uh, lucky uh, uh the first thing uh and, and this I, I if i remember correctly this is thing the first uh she mentioned like uh you know uh, old uh, downey junior uh rdj there uh, was looking awfully skinny um you know almost almost sickly cuz like it was interesting she's like is he sick and I mean, I, I think like at the beginning of the movie, you know, he's kind of, you know, kind of malnourished and all that. But really, um, as the movie progresses, he's still kind of got like, uh, I don't know, in some of these other movies, he's really like bulked up, um, you know, and, uh, you know, done a whole bunch of workouts and stuff. This he just he looked really skinny and you know, maybe had some of that old man turkey neck going on there. And I don't you know, I I don't want to get into that because, I mean, we all get older, but it it is kind of weirdly jarring, or at least it was for me. And I'm like, uh, to the point where when Lucky and I were talking about it, it's like, is he okay? It's like, maybe maybe that's a reason uh, why he wants to get out of these movies is, you know, maybe he's sick or something. Um, uh, but but the biggest thing uh, that, that Lucky and I got into, and this, this kind of touches on the time travel stuff um, a bit, is um, uh, Captain America. Obviously, you know, he... He uh, shows up at the end of the movie looking like Joe Biden. And uh, her question to me was, how could Captain age like that? And 
anytime we talked about it, we got in like this weird uh, uh, loop discussion of, uh, well, wait a minute. Uh, are you saying he should look older? Are you saying he should look younger? And I would bring up the perspective of the super soldier serum. And that's, um, you know, arguably the reason why he doesn't age as much. And she's like, well, wait a minute. Does, does it look like he ages, uh, over the course of these movies and he does a bit I mean because I mean you know basically Chris Evans is a chiseled god but but I I did kind of like what they did with his hair especially in like you know like the uh, five years later time jump it it looked a little lighter it's like there were some like lighter streaks in there I don't know if they were trying to give him like a a little bit of great looking gray or or if it was just lighter but um but it looked like there was at least like a little bit of age there. Um, especially when we're contrasting that with the, uh, 2012, uh, timeline. Uh, but yeah, it was, and, and I think where it really gets dicey is where Captain America actually goes after he returns all the infinity stones. And, and incidentally, all of the time travel stuff, if you start pulling at threads and if you start really squinting at it, it's going to fall apart and it doesn't matter. It, uh, um, and man, this is the second time I'm invoking, uh, Ryan Johnson in one of my podcasts and I kind of feel gross about it, but I, I really liked how the, the mechanics of the time travel were explained in looper in that they weren't explained. It's like there's the scene with uh, Bruce Willis and uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They're both in the diner, and he's uh, you know his younger self is asking about time travel, and Bruce Willis keeps saying it doesn't matter, and he's getting increasingly impatient. He's like, it doesn't matter, um, and I I kind of feel the same way about the time travel in Endgame because I think between our general knowledge and understanding of time travel uh, from pop culture and the way it even references it and invokes that there's enough material there as well as explanations. I mean, it's like, you know, you have uh, Tilda Swinton there, you know, kind of given a, a PowerPoint presentation to uh, to the Hulk about, you know, alternate timelines and, and and things like that. So I think there's enough explanation to where to where it makes sense. Where I'm going with this is, you know, we we get to the end of the movie and, you know, it's uh, I was just mentioning this with Charlie, but like, you know, you you push in on this, uh, you know, this uh, uh, cute little house and you hear the old timey music and you see uh, Captain America and Peggy Carter, you know, Steve Rogers, uh, Peggy Carter having having that dance that they had promised uh, achingly since Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, So the thing that I immediately thought was that, oh, well, he just time traveled back to the 1940s. And, you know, presumably, possibly uh, sometime after he's, uh, you know, frozen in the ice. Uh, But then I, I... a lot of these observations that I have, by the way, are not necessarily my own, um, you know, because I and I've lost track 
of where all I've heard different things from. I've I've listened to at least a half dozen different podcasts uh, talking about Endgame at this point, but um, a, a few things. Uh, one, uh, you know, some some continuity uh, potential glitches. Uh, we know in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, Peggy Carter, who's now aged and suffering from dementia, you know, Steve goes to see her and it, and it's very heart wrenching, but she makes a reference to, um, having a husband and, and a family. And, um, so, so a lot of folks have been like, well, wait a minute, how does that work? You know, is it like an alternate timeline or, because again it's it's one of those things if you if you look at it too hard it can't make sense because on one hand if captain america goes back to the 40s and creates an alternate timeline and he lives out his days there that's all fine and good but how does he get back to uh uh sam and bucky uh to pass on the shield at at the end that that one doesn't work but if it's not an alternate timeline um, it all lines up, but then again, how how do you explain away these husband, uh, this husband and the kids? Well, nobody said that the husband wasn't Steve Rogers himself, and I think maybe that was on a Kevin Smith joint. But I uh, that that one just kind of like gave me like the brain tingles. I was like, oh, the husband that she's referring to is Steve. You know, it's kind of like a like a self fulfilling uh, prophecy uh, type of thing. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe it's not. But then, but then I started thinking about it uh, more and more as uh, in, in these last couple weeks, and I was like, wait a minute, why would he go back to the forties? Or you know, what reason would he have to go there? He there's no Infinity Stone to return to the forties. So recently, I've landed on this perspective because you know he goes back to 1970 to uh, put back the uh, the space zone, the the tesseract from uh, um, that they grabbed earlier in the movie, and I think that's where he stayed. So um, instead of being like 90 something, maybe he's only 80 something. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, and I don't know if I've heard anybody else, uh, posit that particular one. So, yeah, so there, there would be some time, you know, uh, um, 20, 30 years or something like that, but it, it seems plausible because I don't, I don't know how you can pull off a, uh, time jump uh, back to the 40s um, and for what reason you know and and how many pin particles does he have how many cartridges does he have you know there's again it, it gets dicey when you look at it too hard um, she really liked the uh, uh, the girl power scene uh, which is uh, uh, something we'll talk about a little bit when I've got uh, uh, Burr Martin on the line with me uh, but 
it was a it was also kind of like a callback to Infinity War a little bit because th- there was a scene like that there also where it's you know it's the uh, uh, the ladies getting together for for like a big uh, fight scene together and I I I I thought it was cool and you know it's uh, of course it's pandering of course it is the entire movie is pandering that's that's the entire point um, but. Kind of bummed. There was a, uh, uh, you know, obviously uh, no Black Widow there. Uh, but um, a- another question that kind of came out of that discussion uh, that we were having about the uh, uh, the girl power scene or the the A Force, if if, if you want to uh, call it that from uh, from the comics, is you know kind of uh, Gamora from 2014 from the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie is kind of there at, at the end of that kind of front and center after everybody kind of kind of forms up kind of like a formation uh, type thing. Uh, but the thing Lucky asked, she was like, so so where's Gamora? Like in after the battle how when when does she escape and how does she escape we know she disappears because that that's basically going to be the um uh the main thrust of guardians of the galaxy volume 3 obviously but as near as i can tell um the guardians at the end of it with with thor take the only spaceship I don't I don't know if there's a bunch of other spaceships just hanging around. You know, I I I didn't see, you know, a a uh cache of agents of shield uh quinjets uh sitting around and I don't even know if those are space worthy anyway, but um but yeah, it's like yeah, where where does she go? How does she escape? Uh, coming up next, it's it's uh, my conversation with uh, Selfie Dad himself, uh, Chris Burr-Martin, host of the uh, Burr-Martin Experience podcast that I referenced earlier. And then coming up later, I've got a couple voicemails uh, with uh, with some great questions uh, that, that'll put me on some of these tangents like, uh, like you're hearing now. Um, and I'm just going to go through the character list and kind of use that as an opportunity to give uh some really scalding hot takes and kind of like you know my my sort of uh final analysis on things i'm not going to run through the plot uh because if i do uh this will be easily a three-hour podcast and i'm i'm really really trying to keep it shorter uh my my infinity war episode was like an hour and 40 minutes so uh here's hoping (laughs) you're listening to mike cyber radio the world will never be the same Avengers Endgame is shattering records across the globe. Part of the journey is the end. Be a part of cinematic history. Avengers! Assemble. Avengers Endgame, now playing. Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and joining me on the phone right now is a very special guest. Uh, we haven't we haven't heard from the special guest in um, a couple years, but we did talk to him a few times back in the day during the KGRG era. Uh, please give it up for Selfie Dad himself, Chris Burr Martin, host of the Burr Martin Experience podcast. Uh, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Excellent. I'm keeping this side of the state uh, informed as you keep your side of the state informed. I appreciate that. And you're uh, you're over in the Spokane area, right? 
I am. Wonderful. So, uh, so thank you for uh, heeding the call. I've uh, um, I reached out to a couple folks to see about chatting a little bit about the Avengers Endgame, and I'm sure anybody that's listening and you know seeing the title of the podcast and seeing like. Hey Mike, didn't didn't everybody already do their Avengers Endgame podcast? It's like you're like you're like two three weeks late to the party here, buddy. And 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 I'll be honest, I didn't um I I didn't think I was going to do one at first because I've listened to so many podcasts uh that I just listened to and I didn't really know if I had anything um anything more to say on uh on the topic but then i thought you know at waiting a couple weeks and seeing some of the news that's come out since then as well as kind of like speculation to where uh where we're going i thought i thought that would be a good angle and then i uh i i get on uh uh selfie dad's facebook page and the bird martin experience uh, facebook page and uh and you post about the end game a lot it's uh it seems like it's something that's very much on your mind <laughs> So, I, you asked me earlier how much time that that I had, and you'll have to shut me up because I'll just I'll rap about Endgame all day. <laughs> well, and you've already done uh, some extensive coverage on your own show, uh, the Burr Martin Experience podcast. Like, uh, um, I think what was it? Like the first week it came out, you did um, a segment of a show, and then uh, you did a a full spoiler uh, uh, segment with your wife. So you've you've covered it um on your show but yeah like 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 we were just saying i think there's um it, it seems like it's something uh still very much in your consciousness so i guess um uh with, without much more further ado let me just try to get out of the way here uh so 2 3 weeks after the movie has come out you've uh, you've seen it how many times at this point uh you know what technically about 5 uh, if my wife listens to this, then just the two. <laughs> oh, oh man, that that seems like maybe there's some uh, internet shenanigans involved there. We'll uh, we'll, uh, we'll... I, uh, I sneak out. You know, when I have me time, let's, let's just call it that. I had some me time at the theater. Oh, I got you. So, so no internet shenanigans. This is like. Uh, actual shenanigans. shenanigans. Okay. Actual. It's so, actual. <laughs> yeah. Ac- but, you know, it's, it's fun because um, the reason I did the spoiler thing on my podcast is because my wife has never read a comic. She only watches these Marvel movies. And so that was kind of fun just seeing her take because I, you know, I've seen it five times. I've, I'm spending money that I shouldn't spend on a movie that I can almost sound verbatim. <laughs> that's that. I, I love this movie. That's incredible. I, uh, you know, I, I have not caught up to that amount of viewing yet. Um, but, uh, but I, I feel like I'm going to, um, I, you know, I, I'm probably going to see it at least one more time in the theaters and then, uh, you know, later on home video and, you know, kind of, you know, really, really, uh, stick with it and, you know, kind of get deeper into it. But yeah, like, uh, um, like I kind of buried the lead a little bit. I figured like this would be a good outlet, you know, to kind of, uh, chat 
in, in a way that maybe you didn't get the opportunity to um, on your own show. So I guess um, so. I, I guess my first question would be: So now that we're that we're so far distant, and you've seen it uh, that many times, what's what's really sticking with you? Um, you know what what what's uh, what's bringing you back to the theater so many times? So I I didn't even see Howard the Duck like the third time I watched it, and then someone on Facebook's like, "Yeah, there's Howard the Duck," and so I'm dumb and I paid ten dollars to go see a movie just to see. Oh yeah, there's Howard the Duck. So, <laughs> just little things like that. Um, the the boy from Iron Man three. Uh, that was like the second time I went to go see it. They were like, mm-hmm. I was like, who is that kid? That looks like he's from One Direction, and they're like, oh, that's the kid from Iron Man three. He he does have all that shaggy hair for sure. Um, oh, he's got a whole Harry Styles thing going, yeah. Totally, totally. Um, so yeah, I mean that's it's it's interesting. I mean for for me at least, I uh, so I I've seen Infinity War once. I, I I saw it one and done because I I got from it what I needed, and what I'm I, I wonder now. Uh, because I mean the the thing that was on everyone's mind last year is like well Infinity War is kind of like half a movie if you think about it um, you know even right. even with the cl- the cliffhanger end it's not the cliffhanger ending that makes it half a movie like for example Empire Strikes Back is still a complete movie even though it has. Um, a cliffhanger ending, whereas I always felt Infinity War was just like, well, all right, well, this this really is like a part one, part two type deal. I wasn't prepared for how unique Endgame is. I just thought it was going to be Infinity War part two, like like they told us it was going to be back in like 2015. Uh, What do you think Uh, about that? I, you know what, I, Infinity War, Netflix makes it easy because it's on Netflix, and I would, I will put it on if I'm like, you know, making a, a cosplay costume or something. I'll have it on in the background. Um, I love, I love Endgame. Um, I think because of Infinity War, because it sets me up to be depressed. Yeah, it, to me, Endgame is kind of like if Empire Strikes Back stopped when Boba Fett left Bespin. Oh, okay, sure, it'll sure. It'll be all, everybody's going to be depressed now. And at the, at the beginning of Infinity War, he says, you know, I know what it's like to lose when you feel you're so right and lose all the same. And then they do. They lose. They're right, but they still lose. And so you walk into the theater going, you know, my friends are at the lowest that they've ever been, and they lost. And, and I gotta, I, I'm a guy that I've got to see some justice. You know, and then they, you know, they kill Thanos like twice. So like, you know what, we're going to kill him once. And then because he's such a bad guy, we're going to kill him again at the end of the movie. (laughs) I'm a guy who needs, I need that justice. I need that, uh, you know, you got your comeuppance. And so I think if I just walked into Endgame and they were like the first 10 minutes, oh, well, Thanos got the glove and he snapped. That was at the end credits of Ant-Man that everybody's had. I don't think I would love it as much. Yeah. It was such a build up see it well and and what struck me too is by how surprised i was by how endgame 
uh, went, you know, just, just the story beats. Cause really, um, I, I remember like seeing like maybe like the third or fourth or fifth trailer and kind of getting like, okay, stop showing me stuff. I don't need any more of this. Little did I know that really all of those trailers were for just like the first 15 minutes of, of the movie. Um, and, right. and they, they does this thing and I'm like, what are we coming to do with this? What what are we going to do now? Yeah, it's like we've been told that this is a three hour movie. What a what is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll stare at Scarlett Johansson for two and a half hours, but uh, I, there's going to have to be some kind of plot. Right, right, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, so uh, you know, you know, like we said, it, it's uh, it, it's definitely the. Uh, cap off and centerpiece and payoff uh, for all these uh, all these Marvel movies. Uh, but I guess, um, wow, I I guess I almost kind of want to talk about like uh, crazy deep cuts observations that that you may have picked up on because I mean again, this is a podcast that folks are listening to after they've probably seen the movie a few and they've probably listened to a half a dozen or more podcasts saying like, Oh, Hey, I really like the movie. And you know, the time travel stuff was pretty cool, but uh, yeah, I was just wondering if there were any particular uh, uh, Easter eggs or deep cuts that, uh, that were kind of your favorite. Yeah. I just learned this week that uh, Robert Downey Jr. Ad libbed. I am Iron Man in the first Iron Man movie. Oh um, yeah, yeah. That was just an ad lib, and so now when I see it, and he says, "I am Iron Man," that's like that. Technically, that's the last words that he says. I mean, he's got his little hologram thing at the end, but right. that's technically like the last thing he says. And that because I know that his last words are like, "Oh, oh, that kills me." Yeah, well, um, and, and I thought I had seen something recently where, like, he didn't originally want to do the line. Like, like it was just going to be just the snap. And um, I, I forget who it was. I don't I don't have the article in front of me, but uh, somebody had to, like, sit him down and convince him to be like, no, that that's the line. Oh, uh, uh, Joel Silver, I think. I think, like, uh, RDJ was having lunch with Joel Silver, and it's like, oh, yeah. Because I, I think... And again, I, I I really got to find this article to source it, but um, that was part of the reshoot. Uh, the uh, um, yeah, okay. or or at least they chose to reshoot it. I think they did it with the snap, just the snap, and then I think in editing, the roosters were like, "Wait a sec, we 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 kind of need something to kind of glue this together." So how about this? Hey, uh, you know, I am Iron Man, and and uh, uh, Downey Jr. was like, "Yeah, man, I don't know about all that," and and apparently that that came from like this uh, uh, lunch date that he had with a, a super producer uh, Joel Silver, and he's like, "No, that's 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 the line. You you got to go back and do that." I think that would have been powerful. I mean, it would have been, snap, he's dead. And you would have had everybody, you know, having a commotion of, oh, my gosh, he, he just died. Like, it would have been a self-sacrifice. It would have been a Steve Rogers throwing himself on the grenade. Yeah. Instead of saying, I think I would just cut the wire. Um, it would have been powerful, but it wouldn't have been satisfying. Yeah. Because that's, I think, all of Endgame is. is because I, I, I know people that are casual Marvel movie watchers. Um 
I do a podcast with a guy who's he's an investor, and he takes his kid. You know, well, we we saw that Ant Man because it looked funny, but we didn't see Captain Marvel. And he asked me, he said, you know, should I go see Endgame? And I said, you can see it, but it's not going to be great for you because this whole movie is just it's made for fans. And they, uh, yeah. you know, they Disney they deserve that. They earned it, I think, to go ahead and make a three hour movie just for fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so, yeah, when he says I am Iron Man, that was that was I think for the fans. See, and I think that's why I. I love Endgame so much. I mean, I I was I was kind of lukewarm on Infinity War. I was like, I, I mean, this is this is cool. It's about forty minutes too long, and it's half a movie. Um, but I I see. I mean, you need Infinity War to get Endgame, and I do understand that. But um, but Endgame is just so damn fa- uh, uh, satisfying because. It pays off everything. I mean, it makes Thor: The Dark World relevant, and it's like, right? I mean, you take one that's like, you know, probably outside of Iron Man Two is, you know, probably like the most universally uh, not liked as much of all of the MCU movies. Because um, I, I, I remember, and uh, maybe this is just a random thought exercise, but I, I remember like going into Infinity War, it'd be like, well, these are like the five movies that you have to watch to understand Infinity War. And it's, I mean, you can, you can skip a lot and and understand what's going on in Infinity War. Uh, but whereas with Endgame, um, I, I haven't thought about it too terribly much at this point, but I think you pretty much got to watch everything because I think there's something in all 22 of those movies that gets paid off in some way. Um, again, even even the kid from Iron Man 3 shows up. Um, you know, you, you, you touch on Iron Man 2 a little bit with uh, uh, with his dad and, you know, establishing that. And, and yeah, it's just... It, it's. There's that scene in Endgame where they go back to New York, uh, you know, and they, and they see the first Avengers movie being played out, and that's you know the kids there, they get all the feels, yep. but, because that's when the movie to me makes you feel like, well, this is a grown-up movie because yeah. look where we were, you know, look, remember where you were way back when, and mm-hmm. you thought Avengers was like the ultimate movie. Look how much we've grown since then. Look how many things have happened since then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, as a, you know, 80s, 90s kid, you know, it it really churns up those uh, uh, Back to the Future 2 feels because that's that that's well, I mean, that's that's my very favorite trope of time travel is where we're seeing um, familiar events from either like a different point of view or a different angle or we're setting up. Oh, that's why that happened because that happened. You know that that kind of thing. I I yeah. love that kind of stuff. And 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 again, not really having a whole lot hard spoiled for me. Um, I was able to just kind of enjoy that. I was like, I mean, because I mean, obviously, we all knew that you know time travel in some way was going to be a component of the plot, but. I don't think any of us could have anticipated that the time travel involves actually visiting, you know, all of these other movies. And I just, I, I thought it was great. I, yeah, just, uh, just seeing them together on, you know, 
how much their characters have grown. Like my my favorite scene, and it's just a throwaway thing, is when uh, Iron Man is in his tower and he tells the rest of the crew that are all standing around Loki, "Okay, enough posing." Yeah, because when I saw Avengers, that was like a stand-up yeah, type of moment. Look at those the Avengers, and now. Like, 11 years later, you look at that and you're like, oh, yeah, that was kind of hokey. But I didn't see it then, but now you're seeing it from a different angle. And you're like, yeah, what did they do after that? What did they do? Yeah, I, I I love that. I, I love that so much. And it again, it just it just pays off um, so much. Uh, but I so so I guess my next question, and I guess this is probably like the larger one as I as I'm uh, you know trying to be conscious of the time. Um, so now that now that we are so far along and the movie's been out for so long, what what do you think are the hottest burning questions? What's you know like like you've said yourself, you've uh, you know you've gone back and seen the movie a few times. I know a couple other folks that have seen it a couple more times. A lot of them just kind of trying to like unravel some of the time travel stuff. Um, but what, what, what do you think are the hottest burning questions uh, coming out of Endgame now that, now that we've had a, had a minute or two to process it? Well, I try and stay, I, I try not to wrap my head too much. Uh, somebody said uh, refrigerator logic that when you're home after you see a movie and you're like just getting something out of the fridge and you go, hey, wait a minute, how come this? I try not to obsess over the time stuff. I'm just going to accept it the way it is. Everything worked out. Let's move on. I think the heavy burden right now is going to be on Spider-Man. I think it's going to be, Spider-Man has to be the next Robert Downey Jr. I don't see anybody else popping out like that. that, I mean, he's going to have to carry this you know, phase, what are we on, four? Yeah. So that's going to be that's gonna be tough, because, but I think it's a great character for them to do because Spider-Man, you know, everybody loves Spider-Man. Sure. Um, Captain, I think Captain Marvel is probably going to take the Thor role. I think they're still going to try and flesh her out a little bit, like mm-hmm. before we really get the nitty-gritty of what we want. Um, you know, Guardians is going to have to wrap up which will be interesting because who's going to, like Guardians was kind of Avengers in space, so you don't really know who's going to be on the ship and who's going to stay and who's going to go. Yeah. But generally, it doesn't go past a trilogy, so this is going to have to wrap up with Peter Quill, I don't know, maybe uh, taking over the Empire, like his, you know, his dad did in the comic or something like that. Yeah, well, and and it feels like the the movies or the, the Guardians Corner has kind of drifted so far uh, conceptually from what the comic was, um, but yet we're throwing in uh, old school Guardians uh, in uh, in in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. You know, it's like I mean, I mean, I, I that was one of those weirdest things where I was like. I'm like, wait a minute! You, you got you got Martin X in there? Come on! <laughs> it's like, I mean, you yeah. you got you got some real deep cuts characters, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they pick up on that thread uh, to kind of mix things up in uh, in Guardians Three. But I I get the feeling like the the A plot is going to be kind of like the the search for Gamora or or whatever, which is fine. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. And, and I guess I guess. I mean, We've already dealt with Quill's dad. You know, we dealt with Quill's mom. We know where Rocket came from, sort of. 
We kind of don't care where Groot's from. Right. We know Drax's family's gone. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of all that's left. Yeah, it's and I don't I don't know. It, it's weird because uh, on one hand, Endgame feels like a very satisfying conclusion. Like you could just say the end and be done with it and not make any more movies. Um, but now we already know that we've got another slate of movies coming up. Obviously, we we already talked about Spider Man uh, Far From Home. We've also got Doctor Strange two. We got Black Panther two. I think uh, uh, Shang Chi, the Master of Kung Fu, is in there somewhere. Um, and then I think the uh, plus, you know, I mean Winter Soldier and Falcon and Loki and Vision and Scarlet Witch all have their own shows coming up. Yeah, so it, it feels like I mean there there's obviously tons and tons of content coming, but um, I I wonder are they going to take the approach to immediately start building up towards something again, um, or are we just going to hang around with these characters for a few? Well, uh, what do you think? I think, I think with Spider Man being the lead, I can kind of see them maybe doing a Secret Wars. Ooh, I could get down on some of that. Because, I mean, whether it's true or not, uh, in the Spider-Man trailer, you know, Sam Jackson talks about the multiverse. So, I I don't know, maybe there's a a Secret Wars multiverse thing that they'll kind of lay on. I don't think it'll be as thick. I think they they look back at the Infinity Saga and just went, okay, we got lucky with that. Let's, Let's not lay something on so thick this time. Yeah, well, and and it kind of slow rolls. I mean, people forget about that. I mean, it's like really not until the uh, oh gosh, maybe it's even post Avengers. I I don't remember when it is that we specifically invoke Infinity Gems. Like you know, it, it takes like a couple movies to realize that the Cosmic Cube actually has the Space Stone in it. You know, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, and and they kind of did some you know kind of ropey uh, backpedaling stuff. In fact, actually, now that I think about it, perhaps it's like uh, around Thor: The Dark World, where we're trying to say like this 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 red ether stuff is actually the Reality Stone, which for me still doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but I just kind of allow it. Um, but I think it was was after Avengers when they showed Thanos, everybody was like, Oh, okay. The stones. And so I think that was probably, okay. So we'll make the Tesseract a stone and we'll make the staff that Loki had a stone. I think that it was probably like, if the audience catches on cool, but our back door is, no, these are just things. Yeah, because it's weird because like at that that midpoint, I guess uh, stones were just stones. They weren't like disguised as other things. It it, it seems. Yeah. But but yeah, that's. I think that I think that was their back door. If the audience isn't catching this, and the audience isn't excited about Thanos, you know, we'll just say, and eh, these are just MacGuffins. Yeah, yeah. I I'm just deathly afraid that they're gonna pull a a Universal's Dark Universe on this, where like we're uh, possibly just going to immediately start building towards oh I don't know like Galactus or some other some other uh, cosmic threat. And uh, for me at least, I did hear someone say like with the multiverse that that could be the way they get the X Men in. If Fox ends up buying them, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, that's a uh, uh, that's a that's a really good point. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously a fertile ground uh, for for where uh, they go, and and I guess uh, before uh, before we think about. Uh, getting closer to wrapping up. Um, so obviously, you know, you're you're huge into the comics and we've had a, you know, we've had some really satisfying uh, deep cuts, you know, and, and, and I mean, just even like look at some of the uh, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had Angar the Screamer on there for, for crying out loud. <laughs> and, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've, We've seen things like Ant-Man. We've seen things like Guardians of the Galaxy. And, we, you know, we've seen just some weird stuff that really shouldn't work in a major motion picture. So I guess uh, my question to uh, uh, Burr Martin, Selfie Dad, um, what... what what's, where's the bottom of this? What what do you want to see that, that maybe we haven't yet? Oh. Uh, man, I don't know. I mean... It- the thing is, is, and someone kind of pointed this out to me when we were talking about it, like, these guys are still in their costumes, roughly. Yeah. And if you look back at X-Men, they changed into black leather, and they kind of made fun of it, but back then, everybody had to wear their leather and all this. And now you look, and, like, Vision was wearing his high collar, and, you know, Doctor Strange has his, his weird high collar. <laughs> so, it's like, I can't think of anything deep enough or they would, you know, change it. I mean, at this point, we're accepting anything. Yeah. You know, if they can show the deck sitting there, it can go anywhere. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And, and that, that was really my thing. It's like, you know, since we have seen so much, it's like, what... I mean, like I, uh, um, you know, I, I went to the supermarket recently and I saw Mysterio on a bag of Doritos. I, you know, I, with the bubble head. Yeah, yeah, with exactly with the bubble head, with the fishbowl head. I mean, what what an amazing age we live in. I mean, it's, we're accepting it. We're like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, and they're not trying to modernize it or make it cool, and and that's another thing too with uh with the aesthetic of the MCU. You know, it's like those first handful of movies we're kind of really trying to keep things grounded. You know, like in terms of uh, uh the way the tech works, and you know, kind of like I mean, we're we're kind of trying to do you know Brian Hitch's uh, the Ultimates from the comics. You know, we're we're still kind of trying to do that yeah. aesthetic, uh, but after a while, they're just like, you know what? Doctor Strange, we're we're just doing it. We're just gonna do it. So yeah. it's just, it's just crazy. I uh, for I'll give you one. I'll give you one. If we see a uh, NFL Super Pro movie, then I think they've reached the bottom. Yeah, I I think that's uh, I I wonder where the rights are held up in that because <laughs> I I may, I may still have those comics uh, NFL Super Pro. I think that must be kind of Quartermain thing. They just kind of let that alone, and anybody can do it now. I don't think anybody's going to be sued for doing an NFL Super Pro movie. <laughs> I mean, just have him in the background. Uh, I mean, why not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> running through the yeah, running through the uh, the dogs like at Wakanda, you see some guy with a helmet on. Exactly. I mean, not all that dissimilar to the Howard the Duck thing, you know, where it's just it's just there. Yeah, it's just there. So yeah, I mean, he's got like the thin neck and and weird body, and we're still like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. 
Oh man, Chris! I gotta tell you, this is this has been an absolute blast. I know, uh, I I know we barely even scratched the surface of uh, the hours upon hours of uh, podcasting that we can do about this, and that's, I mean, again, even all these weeks later, I mean, there there's still there's still so much uh, to talk about. Uh, but um, but if I'm not mistaken, I think our our time is uh, drawing to a drawing to an end um so uh before uh before uh we part ways for now uh you have um uh you have an appearance coming up at lilac city comic-con right uh do you want to uh talk about the the couple cool things you've got going on there yeah lilac city comic-cons uh june 1st and 2nd i believe yes. uh you can just look it up on the google I'm going to be the host of the adult costume contest on Saturday and the kids on Sunday, and I love doing it. Um, we try and stay away from the prejudging, so we try and get everybody up on stage that made a costume because they deserve it because they spent a lot of time doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also going to be doing a game show called Win My Stuff because I have too much stuff. <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be putting people up from the audience to... Uh, test each other on a contest and then the winners will actually get stuff that swag and toys and things that I've just had too much of. <laughs> kind of like win Ben Stein's money but a nerd slap to it. Yeah, yeah, because you've acquired quite a bit of nerd swag o- over the years. <laughs> and yes. and did I see correctly like the the winner of the adult cosplay contest, they uh they get a they get a prize for winning that, right? <laughs> a championship wrestling looking belt with Lilac City Comic Con on the front. Uh, Northern Quest Casino has got a couple of little plaques on it. Uh, it's big and it's hefty. If you go to my Instagram, mm-hmm. um, the real Bo Martin, I've got a couple of photos of it. Uh, it's it's big, it's hefty, and it's very cool. And it's going to be a lot of fun to hand out to the winner. Yeah, that that's impressive. You know, uh, once upon a time on a on KGRG, our uh, uh, producer Dave had had a belt kind of similar to that uh, commissioned for for our trivia uh, game bit segment show we used to do. And and yeah, it was like you know that's the thing you covet. You want the belt. <laughs> so uh, I, I I definitely yeah. wanted to call that out and shout that out because that that is an impressive looking WWE style uh, belt. And then. And um, uh, why don't you tell us about your podcast and where, where folks can listen to it? Um, you can just look it up anywhere, like iTunes, uh, Stitcher. You just your podcast catcher. Just look for Burr Martin Experience. Um, it's me and my wife as a co-host, and we just talk about weird, odd news <laughs> from all around the world. Um, next week's going to be, we're going to talk about a guy who just dressed up like a Walmart manager and went around firing employees. So oh he got caught. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's just uh, weird, you know, naked guys getting tasered and whatever, just all around the world. And so we'll sit back and talk about that. And then every now and then my youngest daughter will come in and either teach me about rock <laughs> or they'll teach me new slang words that, you know, the kids are talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I I like that segment. It's a it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, uh, finally, can you let folks know where we can connect with you on the internet and the social medias? Uh, just look up Burr Martin. I'm probably the only one. Don't look up Chris Martin because I'm still touchy about divorcing Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> so 
you can look up just the real Burr Martin on Instagram and just Burr Martin on Twitter. Uh, and then if you find the Burr Martin Experience Facebook page, I try and do a poll every week. And so we'll, we'll do something like that for the podcast. Uh, one of our polls was, uh, I believe, would you rather uh, ba- take a shower in a very small space with the cast of Duck Dynasty? Or oh, would man. you rather, you know, have just a body full of hair all the time? So. Oh man! See, I I thought you know the 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 more straightforward ones like you know would you rather be snapped or would you rather uh, would you rather hang out? But still, oof! That I'm getting. I was kind of surprised at that one that uh, people would rather have been snapped away. I thought it'd be the other way around, but yeah, that was kind of surprising. Yeah, I got you. I mean, I mean, that's the direction I went. It's like I mean, because as, as you pointed out in the poll, you don't know. You know, it's like you don't know who's left behind. So, you know, you might you might end up uh, donning a Ronin outfit because uh, your your whole family got snapped or something. So, yeah, I wouldn't want anybody. I'll be snapped if my friend gets snapped. Well, you don't get to choose. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it doesn't work that way. Very cool. All right, Chris. Well, uh, um, thanks a lot for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, I should uh, probably let you go and let you uh, let you get back to your stuff. But uh, um, anything else that that I may have left out, uh, uh, real quick before uh, uh, before I cut you loose? Uh, what do you think the the sound was at the end of Endgame? Oh, that's uh, um, I, okay. Full disclosure: I didn't stick around. Because I knew what it was. Actually, I had this spoiled the uh, uh, the day it came out, or like the day before. Uh-huh. Whenever the same time when people were like, "Hey, you know, uh, um, they like strip mined the Run P app." To where it's like, oh, hey, yeah, go to the bathroom when the Hulk has lunch because nothing happens. Um, and, uh, okay. and so I had that spoiled for me. Um, and then actually, yeah, we didn't even talk about spoil. I didn't have anything hard spoiled, but I had, uh, oh, hey, there's no end credit sequence. It's just a bunch of pounding metal. And I'm like, pounding metal, I'll bet. And sure enough, like I saw an article like on Cinema Blend or something saying that it's it's the the sound of uh Tony hitting the uh you know, basically molding the the first suit in the cave from the from the first movie, which I would imagine is quite recognizable. You know, just I because I remember that yeah. from the trailer for the first Iron Man movie, you know, with the very distinctive clanging. Um so I figured it'd be that. But yeah, I, uh, I I stayed off the internet for a week, which was not easy to do. But I just could not deal with a spoiler. I'd I'd have to go to that person's house and put a pencil in their neck. So I I stayed away. See, and it's interesting because I I didn't have anything hard spoiled on the internet. It was working in an office and being around people. It was like um, I had that too. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, somebody clicked on the uh, Avengers Endgame hashtag, and uh, I I realized that spoilers without context just really aggravates me because it's like. Um, it's one thing for them for me to see it because it's like, well, that's what I get for looking over your shoulder. Buyer beware on my part. But when the dude is like, "Hey, Mike, what do you think this means? What? Why is th- why is there a picture of Big Lebowski here? What What do you think that means? What What, what do you think three thousand means? You know?" And I'm just oh, like, "I hate that." Yeah, I mean, it's one. Because all you're doing, you're just justifying being a turd. That's all you do. You're justifying by, I'm going to spoil this, but I'm sly and sneaky. 
Yeah, and something I posted, it's like, you're not as clever as you think you are. Stop it. No, no. Because I had that, uh, somebody just posted like a, like the night of Doctor Strange, um, you know, I'm on Facebook, but I've come to bargain with you. And I didn't think anything of it, but then when I go watch Doctor Strange, I'm waiting the whole movie to hear that. Yeah. And so, in a way, it's its own spoiler. It really is, because it, it works its way into your brain, and you're subconsciously working on it the whole time. So, yeah, I was just like, right. I'm like, what... What, why do people keep making references to fat or fat bellies or big little? I'm like, and then when I see it, I'm like, oh, of course. And it really kind of sucked some of the wind out of it for me um, because it's like, it yeah, because I mean, I knew somebody was was going to be of heavier carriage, and and you know, hashtag representation matters. But um, um, <laughs> but you know, my yeah, no, I. I had a guy who, you know, he asked me, he says, so, so what's the big deal, though? I mean, it is just a movie. But it's not because it steals, like, you know, I'm busy. I work 40 hours a week. You know, I've got you know, kids at home. I've got bills to pay. I want to feel something when I go into a movie. And if you rob me of that emotion, you rob me of, of something that I'll never get just because you wanted to be, you know, cool and edgy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what it is too. It's you know, you hear stories of people like, you know, bratty kids, you know, uh uh spoiling it out of the theater. They're like, Oh, hey, by the way, Iron Man totally dies or hey, by the way, uh, Black Widow totally dies or you know, uh right. you know, Captain America is super old and you know, that that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. So. We talked about on my podcast there was a story of the guy in China who came out talking about spoilers in the end and he got beat up. Yeah. Like they had to call EMTs. And I said, you know what? I, I wouldn't have beat that guy up, but I wouldn't have been the first one to call for help either. Yeah. It's kind of like when a kid sticks a nickel in a light socket. How else are they going to learn? <laughs> <laughs> kind of not all heroes wear capes. Not, not, yeah. not that anybody is advocating or condoning actual violence, of course. Right. But, but that was a learning experience for him. He won't do it anymore, you know? Yeah, and it's interesting because I think there was maybe just because of, like, the type of material that uh, that was covered in Endgame, there's definitely more stuff to be spoiled because I... I remember it being like a good long while before uh, the snap was spoiled uh, from from Infinity War. I, I remember... Yeah. It, I mean, because I, I remember that very similar to, say... Um, uh, oh, gosh, maybe it was Force Awakens, um, where it's like, you know, folks actually were seemed to be actually kind of cool about like, you know, we'll just kind of keep this on the on the down low for uh, for a few. But uh, but it seemed like Endgame uh, folks were all too eager to where I don't know if I've ever seen where like the spoiler ban is, quote unquote, officially lifted by the filmmakers themselves. That that that's that's an interesting move, which, of course, we know now is so that they can play that uh, that Spider-Man Far From Home trailer because, oh, buddy. Yeah, I think that was it. It wasn't like, hey, you guys can talk about it was uh, we got some money on the line. So you guys are going to have to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it it's it's interesting though because I I was really racking my brain and I'm trying to think of if there's something like that 
uh, before because I mean I mean it's 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 a limp wristed example but like you look at like the latter two Matrix movies you know I I don't remember uh, because like they were a year apart just like you know Infinity War and Endgame but I don't remember. Well, actually, the internet wasn't really a thing. Never mind. This all falls apart because it's like, I don't remember this outcry of like, hey, man, how about you don't spoil that movie because the other movie is coming out? Same with like, say, like Back to the Future 2 and 3, you know, but. Yeah, I think and and I hate to I hate to like kind of end the interview on kind of a downer, but I think it's just fandom itself. Yeah, there's a there's a toxic part that's growing, you know. It's it's the people that make uh, the the actress who played Rose on Star Wars made her leave social media. Right. It's you know it's the people who protested the Ghostbusters reboot. It's 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 this dark, gross part of fandom that I think the stakes were so high on Endgame. Yeah. That they don't mind spoiling it because it's it's a bigger win for them. Oh yeah. It, okay. You know, and, and I and I hate that, that that's the way they think. You know, it's like, well, I get to show you how much knowledge I have by telling you this first. And yeah. It, it's kind of a gross part of fandom that I think, you know, the, you know, the Internet's got to bl- be a blame for it. I agree. I do want to say, and to uh, uh, pick it up from from a down note a little bit, I do like that that uh, the walk on for a force is basically just a middle finger to the incels. <laughs> I really kind of like that. I mean, it was it was quick. It was just a thing, but I think like it's specifically in there is just a big fat middle finger to just you know rub in these in these people's uh, gross faces. I uh, I I, I chuckled out loud at that. I thought that was kind of neat to say to that uh i was uh, during our first time when we were there there was a, a single mom sitting and she had uh a daughter i'm gonna guess maybe five or six uh and when that scene happened she went oh cool and and i i immediately thought you know what that's what this is about yep it's not about what some fanboy in his basement you know writing his blog about how that he hates everything. Yeah. It's, that's what this was about. This was about, hey, you know what? It's everybody's time now. Everybody gets to be a hero in this. Yeah. It's not just going to be about this person or that person. And so, yeah, that, that's, and it's little moments like that that make the movie for me. Yeah. Well, and it's just fun. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's just fun. I mean, it'll make you sad. It, it'll, you know, it wrenches your heart, but, but it's fun. Right, you went on a fun journey. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, Chris, uh, again, thank you so much for uh, taking the time. This was a blast. We, uh, uh, yeah, I know we talk about it from time to time, but yeah, man, we uh, uh, we need to do some more stuff together. I think maybe like if there's like a a wild dog mini series, or like if that if that. Uh, I don't know, maybe like there's a spinoff from the arrow and we get more wild dog on TV or something. Well, uh, we, we definitely have to do something. You know what? We'll, uh, we'll do a spoiler review of Spider-Man. How about that? We'll meet up. All right. With a Spider-Man review. You're on, you know what? Uh, we, we will have to make it a point to make that happen. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, no problem. All right. Uh, well, uh, Chris Martin, uh, Burr Martin Experience Podcast, Selfie Dad himself. Um, uh, thanks so much, and we will catch you around the way. Hey, never a problem. Good talking to you, man. All right. Have a good one, man. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. 
All right, next up, let's listen to some voicemails. And again, if you'd like to leave a voicemail message and raise your voice, uh, that phone number is 231-224-MIKE. Again, one more time, 231-224-6453. Or you can leave a uh, MP3 or a MP4 or a wave or however you can uh, record your voice on a device of some kind and you can email that file uh, mikecybertradio at gmail.com and I will play that during uh, the voicemail segment just like this one. Hi Mike, Paul Hicks here. Just wondering if I could ask you a question about uh, Avengers Endgame. Uh, This goes right to the end of the film and the spoilers of course but when the unsnap happened, Tony brought back everybody. How do you think the world's going to cope with uh, half the population, half of the animals, you know, half of everything alive in the universe, and particularly on Earth, coming back suddenly after five years? I think um, it would be total disaster in the days to follow and the years to come. So, yeah, what's your opinion on that one? Ah, that's an awesome question, Paul. Uh, thank you for sending that in. Uh, incidentally, you can follow uh, Paul on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks. He's the uh, co-host of the podcast Waiting for Doom, uh, which talks about, of course, the classic DC comic series uh, Doom Patrol. And I, I may be misremembering this, but I seem to recall once upon a time, uh, Waiting for Doom was somehow uh, connected to or affiliated with uh, the Silver and Gold podcast uh, that FKA Jason uh, either continues to do or used to do. But anyway, his his uh, there's a weird connection there in that uh, Wild Pod, a wild dog podcast, which I I ended up uh, talking to uh, FKA Jason a couple years ago um, back when like, you know, kind of wild dog was back in uh, the public consciousness from uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye and of course the uh, obviously the uh, Arrow live action TV series where uh, where Wild Dog was featured on there and I, I remember specifically hearing promos for Waiting for Doom uh, when, I, when I would listen to uh, Wild Pod I, I, I don't know if any of those things are things um, uh, currently uh, but yeah no I just I just thought that was really weird like when Paul left me this email I'm like that voice sounds very very familiar but anyway sorry I, I, I got sidetracked there uh, Paul raises an awesome question and this was something that really kind of aggravated me uh, throughout the movie because I think that the post-snap MCU is very inconsistent because like there are times where it's shown to be a functioning society you know uh, apparently there's still some form of government um you know, I mean, obviously the Avengers are there in uh, some kind of capacity, even to the point where they have like this holographic uh, council meeting where um, Okoye uh, may or may not drop some kind of veiled uh, Namor reference, uh, um, you know, with the, with the King of the Seas and uh, underwater earthquakes and whatnot. And Captain Marvel is there as well. Uh, but from certain angles, it seems like things are kind of doing OK societally. But then there's other scenes where like before we see Captain America's uh, group therapy session 
Um, and they show kind of like, uh, you know, abandoned vehicles and empty baseball stadiums. You know, one, one of the characters in that scene says, well, you know what? I, I miss the Mets, you know, a, a little touches like that. And um, it, it feels vaguely apocalyptic, but not really. Uh, whereas when uh, Scott Lang shows up, you know Ant Man, he gets out of the quantum realm and and gets out of the out of the uh, the lockup of the the impound where his van was. Um, he's walking the streets of San Francisco before he goes to his house to meet his daughter, and there's like uncollected trash in the the middle of the road. There's like all these leaves, uh, abandoned cars. Um, so it's 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 odd the way that that uh society is portrayed like even when like um he sees the kid on the bike and he's like hey kid what's going on and this i don't know if uh the this kid is supposed to be uh i don't know traumatized or shell shocked or i I don't know. I mean, that kid looks like he's, you know, between 10 and 12. So maybe the snap happened when he was like five or six. I think if you've grown up in that world, you wouldn't necessarily be so what the fuck um, when somebody's asking, you know, you know what happened. It's that 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 scene felt really weird. My point of all of this is I it feels to me like the post snap world should have been the world of Mad Max, you know, basically this, this apocalyptic war zone where like society is just kind of like teetering on the edge, you know, because of like, you know, world leadership, who got snapped, who didn't. Um, and, and I guess, uh, for a movie that does, make it a point to have some stakes. I mean, cause obviously, you know, we, we, uh, uh, there is a price to be paid and we say goodbye to some, uh, significant characters and, and things are forever changed. But I, I guess I would have liked to have seen more of that world, you know, like see, cause like if we're seeing like garbage in the streets that presumably hasn't been cleaned up for five years, why can't we see like, uh, I don't know, like some like crashed airplanes or like um, and and I may be misremembering this, but I uh, th- there was a scene in the Avengers compound between uh, Captain America and Black Widow. And uh, Cap just says like, well, hey, you know, I just I, I just saw like, you know, whales going through the the, the East River. Um, you know, hey, because, you know, there there's less pollution and, you know, um, which incidentally, in a, in a weird kind of way, kind of validates what Thanos was kind of trying to do, because that was his point that, you know, there there was too many too many life forms and being too much of a drain on the resources. So I think um, we're kind of doing a hashtag Thanos was right uh, for for a hot minute there. But it's. um but it is really strange because like I think you see some some uh ships and things in the port that have kind of like run aground but it's not a full on apocalypse and and as I said I I I really I think kind of wanted to see that you know you would think that there would be uh looters and bandits and I mean I mean look at look at something like I I guess in a sense it would be kind of like the world of the walking dead 
you know, minus zombies. But still, you know, society is broken. And, you know, the the people that are left behind are kind of struggling to maintain some kind of semblance of a society. Whereas this, it feels like society is just fine, uh, just um, just a little bumpy. Um, but uh, the, this really kind of uh, springs into something that has really, really bothered me. Uh, kind of about the the uh, post snap world, and actually, no, actually, more accurately, most accurately, the post Endgame world going into Spider Man Far From Home. Um, and I remember this really raised my eyebrows after immediately after getting out of the theater. So, so baby Spider Man comes back to life, and he's like, "Oh, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark," and. At the end of the movie, he's reunited with uh, with his buddy from uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and you know they they're they're reunited and it feels so good. And then we know that from seeing the trailers that uh, even even before Endgame, that you know he's just around all of his high school friends. So the question on all of our minds, and and this isn't you know, unique. I've heard this addressed in other places, but is that to say that all of Peter Parker's friends got snapped also? Um, does that mean that, uh, in infinity war that, that Stan Lee is driving around in an empty bus full of, uh, uh, blown leaves and dust? Uh, because the only way that, that, the Spider-Man corner of the universe continues to work is if everybody got snapped, you know, teachers, students, the entire school, because otherwise it, it really falls apart and it makes no sense. Um, I, I, I guess in a sense, narratively, you already had that, you know, seeing characters age, like when Scott Lang visits his daughter and, you know, you see that that she's grown into a teenager now from, uh, you know, from a tween when last we saw her in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, so you don't need too much of that. I get that. But I I really hope that that gets addressed at least in some kind of way um, in Spider-Man Far From Home because I I feel like that that's that's a real plot hole. And on the other hand, I do feel like that that is fertile ground to tell more stories similar to... um, now, now Scott Lang has missed five years of his daughter's life and she's grown up without him. And even though they are reconnected there, there is still, you know, I mean, there, there's still some narrative drama to be had there. So, um, but yeah, Paul, I, I'm totally with you. I, I really wanted to see a little more of the apocalypse and, and actually, I'm sorry, I, I got, I got all in a tizzy and I didn't get around to actually addressing uh, one of the other things, too. Now that everybody is back. So let's say, um, you know, like uh, half half of the world leaders got snapped. You know, they get raptured and, uh, you know, the society moves on without them. Like like, for example, in Wakanda, 
you know, what were those five years like in Wakanda? Who got snapped? Who didn't? Um, You know, who's sitting on the throne? What's the line of succession like? And what is it going to be like now that these people are back? And especially now that no time has passed for them. Um, It's it's really strange because, yeah, for like, you know, uh, uh, Black Panther and Shuri, no time has passed. And and again, Wakanda has probably moved on societally and technologically in much the same way that Scott Lang's daughter has has grown up. So I I really hope that they do something with society really kind of trying to one adjust to half of the population being gone and then having to re readjust now that um that ha- that half of society is uh is suddenly returned it's uh uh very strange and in a sense yeah Paul's really got this unlocked for me because you know I I was just talking a moment ago that you know, I would have liked to have seen more apocalypse. I think maybe the apocalypse is going to happen after these snapped people uh, try to reintegrate into something in their lives. So, like, for example, let's say um, my wife and I both get snapped. We are the sole occupants and owners of our house, right? So, in a post-snap world, you know... Uh, oh yeah, we we have no kids, so you know maybe maybe there are some remnants of either of our families, and you know like the house gets sold more more or less house gets sold. We get unsnapped and want to move back into our house. Um, you know what what does that look like? Um, I I don't need a TV series or or um you know anything explaining that, but. It is kind of like, I mean, it's it's not so much a plot hole, but it is one of those things that really kind of gets your mind working if you think about it too terribly much. And, you know, and, and again, with with as satisfying as Endgame is, perhaps it is better to just whew, not think about it um, uh, too terribly much because it might fall apart. Um, another thing I, I wanted to mention before uh, we move on is, you know... Um, there's a lot of talk of where the next stories are going, are going to go, you know, whether, where they're going to fit into the timeline. And, uh, for me, at least with, with the exception of say, like, I don't know, maybe some flashbacks, I don't want to see anything, uh, in the pre-snap timeline, because if you are going to make a point to be bold and say, Five years later, society has moved on. Um, you can't pick and choose. Um, and like I said, unless you want to do, um, uh, you know, like l- little side stories here and there, like you know, little one-off things. But, but I, I don't want to see any movies uh, uh, set, you know, uh, quote unquote, prior to the snap. Because um, I mean, again, there there was some speculation that. Spider-Man Far From Home was going to take place before Infinity War and it's just like that would be just like the most narratively toothless uh thing uh thing that you could do. Um 
So I, uh, so again, uh, thanks Paul for that. Uh, a really good uh, discussion point that I, I, maybe would have mentioned <laughs> but uh but thanks for uh reminding me now uh as you can hear uh from Paul's accent he is uh he's very australian and our uh next voicemail um well i you know i'm i'm just going to play this and try not to be embarrassed hello it's me dreadnoks calling in to discuss the blockbuster epic avengers endgame me question be relating to why why didn't don't cheat character i think his name is battlebot uh anyway he's trolled through time with that robotic sheila to steal the power stone she melts a blooming arm off to get it then bluey's kidnapped replaced with the evil version of herself and when they return to morton times old buck swope never notices she had old arm back the movie made a whole point of replacing the gold headpiece to indicate the ruse, but they completely forgot about the exposed robot phalanges. Answer me this. <laughs> okay. Th- thanks, uh, Dreadnoughts or Dreadnoughts or, or whatever. Um, no, that, uh, uh, that, that is a new character that, that seems to have emerged from the ashes of episode 100 of Autopod Decepticast. I, I mentioned that way earlier in the episode. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, go, go, uh, go check that out. Um, uh, but here, here's the deal, Dreadnoughts. I, I couldn't really understand what you were saying from, uh, having way too many donuts and grape soda in your mouth. So, um, uh, so one of the cool things that Google voice does, um, is it gives me a, uh, dictation of what the voicemail, uh, the, the content actually was. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to read through this and see if maybe that gives me more clarity here we go um i know it's me treadmill coming into the stretch the blockbusters avengers endgame the question relating to what what didn't don't choose character i think his name is available he strolled through time with that rock she latest of the power stone she melts aluminum off to get it then Billy's kidnapped, replaced with the evil version of a self, and when they returned, a moron XO box won't ever notices. She had a lom box the movie made a health point of replacing the gold had pasted indicate yeah, gold pasted had indicate the rules comma, uh, but they completely forgot about the exposed robot phalanges. Answer me this. Clear as mud. No, I. All joking aside, and and I I, I appreciate the uh, the voicemail uh, uh, dreadnoughts. Uh, um, yeah. So obviously we're talking about uh, Nebula and War Machine when they travel back to uh, the original Guardians of the Galaxy movie in 2014. Which you know it's interesting because like with all of the time travel stuff that that we all talk about. Um, that scene kind of gets lost in the shuffle and it is really great. I, again, the thing that I really love about this movie 
um, and we, and we were talking about it with uh, with Chris earlier. Is I love when we can see things from a different angle. You know, uh, the opening scene of per- Peter Quill, uh, Star Lord. You know, uh, you know, singing into that lizard and dancing around and stuff. You know, it's it, it's iconic. But it was kind of cool to see how goofy it is when you can't hear the music when it's just uh uh just the the two of them watching him they have no idea what's going on and and i just uh i i just thought that was really cool and really neat again just kind of like a way to to kind of subvert expectations a little bit um but yeah so so i i've 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 got a couple issues and a couple resolutions uh uh to this so in Guardians of the Galaxy, we see Star-Lord has some kind of like weird magnetic tripod thing that he can exact, uh, extract this orb from this uh, force field protected thing. Um, Nebula ain't got no time for that, so she jams her arm in there and it melts off half of her hand and she's looking all uh, robotic and Terminator-y and, and all of that. And it, and it kind of gives... Um, uh, both Nebula and War Machine an opportunity to kind of bond because he's like, whoa, man, uh, that's that kind of sucks. And, you know, she's like, I, I wasn't like this. And, you know, apparently he's half cyborg now, which, you know what? Ah, damn it. And I apologize for, for kind of going off on a tangent. I hate that that um, the Don Cheadle is just running around in like these uh, uh, stirrup pants. You know, he's got like these these robot chaps that, you know, make him not paralyzed or something. Um, I, I just I just think it's a nothing plot line uh, from Civil War. You you had you had an opportunity. It's like you either kill Rhodey, which I mean, again, would have sucked, but it would have at least given some weight a bit and again i i i i don't think that fridging roadie would have been a good idea narratively find a different character uh to cross off but but yeah no i just ever ever since civil war and he's got like yeah again like these uh uh you know led light chaps on that he's running around like you know I, I, it bugs me. I really don't like it. It's one of the very few things in all these movies that I just don't like. Um, and, and it, and it doesn't add anything to his character. All it does is it kind of gives Don Cheadle like a mild limp as he walks around. He looks a little stiff. It's like, why are you walking around funny? You got a, you, you, uh, you, you got the trots. You, you're kind of trying to avoid poopy pants or yeah. And it, he's like, oh yeah, no, my back doesn't work anymore or, or whatever. Um, anyway, I, um, okay. So, so where was I? The, 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 yeah. So they, they relate because they're both like half machine or something. Um, specifically to the question of the, um, uh, switcheroo. Honestly, I, and, and, and I'm, I'm not making a joke here, but I, I think with Nebula's arm already being robotic, I don't, first of all, I I would have to watch the movie again to see if it's noticeable. I don't know if like we as the audience just don't see it or like how those angles are uh, presented. So meaning like, I don't know if the heroes see what the audience sees 
if that makes sense. More or less what, what I'm saying is I don't know if it's a, a filmmaking continuity flub like they forgot to show her robot fingers or if you're specifically asking why none of the heroes noticed her robot fingers. And I guess my answer to either of those is that it doesn't matter. Um, unfortunately, it's it's a robot arm anyway. And I would be having to look very, very closely to be like, hey, man, what's up with your hand? You know, that that kind of thing. Or like, oh, my gosh, that's that's that uh, that nebula is evil because she doesn't have a mangled hand. I think the the way that the action was moving at enough of a fast and furious pace, I just I I don't know, because it's not it, it wasn't enough of like, you know, you get like the dueling, the, the pointing Spider-Man memes. And actually, you know what? Now that I'm talking about this and puzzling it through out loud, um, as folks are just groaning as as they're listening to a podcast, there is a confrontation. And I was going to talk about this. Uh, there is the confrontation between the two nebulas, but it's not like there's... Um, I don't know. It, it, it's apparent which one is the evil one. It's not like, you know, shoot her. She's the evil one. No, shoot her. She's the evil one. I don't I don't think they even bother with that plot because um, I, I don't think Gamora is at any time confused about which one is which. The The dramatic tension comes from the choice that uh, current Nebula makes in killing her younger self. Now, we talked about time travel earlier. Um it's it's not Looper. So like, you know, her killing her past self, you know, under those circumstances would make um would she would just instantly disappear. But here's the thing. It's um you know, we're dealing with alternate timelines. And not only are we dealing with alternate timelines, one of the things that that uh, Captain America does when he's putting the stones back is, you know, I've heard it referred to as trimming the branches, you know, more or less kind of negating the alternate timelines. And you would say, well, hey, Mike, if that's the case, if Captain America is, is eliminating all of these alternate timelines, then why doesn't everybody that's displaced from 2014, you know, how, how do those people get back? And really it doesn't matter because it's one of those things where they are, um, uh, they're out of time. They're, they're, they're displaced, you know, kind of like temporal displacement type of thing. They're the timeline that they come from either doesn't exist or can't exist or won't exist. Um, so that's why uh, Gamora can still run around because she she's a refugee from a uh, alternate timeline that no longer exists. Um, so it's not back to the future rules where, you know, actions of a past self. So, like, if it was back to the future rules, then Nebula killing her younger self would immediately kill her um, or. I guess back to the future line, it would be like it would it would take a hot minute for the timeline to correct itself. And uh, but but that was always my read on that is that, you know, 
everybody that came through the portal from 2014 is then uh, uh, displaced. And then once Captain America returns the Power Stone to the original timeline, it's not that... uh, Well, I mean, that alternate timeline ceases to exist. But since we're not dealing with that type of causality within the timeline, um, it would, uh, you know, it wouldn't make everybody disappear because they're already displaced, uh, down the time stream, which I've just now realized that I have done that exact scene that I was talking about a while ago in Looper where it's Bruce Willis just pounding the table saying it doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, uh, but one thing I did want to touch on uh, with regards to uh, uh, Guardians and the and the Power Stone, is um, one thing that kind of also for plot convenience is they still the Guardians in in Guardians of the Galaxy of the First they had to take the orb to the collector and he did like this this you know he had he had to like unlock the orb to get the Power Stone out of it so. I don't know if between Nebula and War Machine they just they just tear it open, you know, um, and and what that does uh, that that's not really specifically addressed, and not that it really matters, but but also the flip side of that is how does Captain America specifically? replace the uh the power stone he would it would still need to be in the orb right so not only would he need the stone but he would also need the orb and he would have to like you know uh you know you know puzzle it back into place and and none of that is really uh presented again i don't care because narratively none of that matters all it is because really the uh end game as it were the titular end game of it is that captain america goes back uh to put the stones back and alleviate the ancient one's concern about all of these nasty alternate timelines that would be created and yeah and he he takes something for himself in that he hangs around in the past and has a life with peggy carter so uh dreadnoughts i don't know if that specifically answers your question or not but um i i appreciate uh, uh you reaching out and that that reminds me i do want to give a uh shout out to my buddy aaron from uh autopod septicast because he he was the one that that really kind of inspired me and encouraged me to do this episode to begin with um i i was kind of reluctant to do an endgame episode because i didn't know if I had enough to say um, on on the topic because you know I mean look look at the box office numbers everybody saw this movie it's it's crazy that it smashed through uh, the uh, it's made more money than Infinity War in its entire run in less than ten days and that's that's just crazy it's already the number two highest grossing movie of all time it's only like three hundred million dollars away from uh overtaking avatar 
uh, which, which again, that boggles my mind that so many of us went to go see Avatar. I mean, because that, that movie's not great. Um, uh, I mean, the 3D sure does look good, but whew. Um, yeah. And, oh, you know what? And, and side, side tangent, tangents within tangents. Um, I, I just heard that, uh, all of them avatar sequels have been, not only have they been delayed, but they've been set to stagger, uh, with, uh, star Wars release dates. So it's going to like starting in, I don't know, maybe 2022, I could be mistaken, but I guess like every other year until the end of time, it's going to alternate between Star Wars and Avatar movies. And, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just throwing up because who wants more Avatar movies? And I, I would even go so far as, um, because I, I, um, Avengers Endgame just recently surpassed uh, Titanic as the number two uh, highest grossing movie of all time. And uh, Titanic got a little bit of a bump from a uh, theatrical re-release a couple years ago. Um, I, I meant to go see it because I, I, I wouldn't mind watching Titanic in 3D. Um I haven't watched that movie in a really long time. Uh, I just know it's long. Um, but I, I think like I, you know, much like everyone else in 1997, I, I kind of had a little bit of Titanic fever. I've still got some, uh, uh, you know, uh, books on the shelf and, you know, really kind of got into the history a bit. But but that's neither here nor there. My 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 point of that is that I don't know if there's a theatrical re-release of Avatar if anybody would even care, because I, I have yet to encounter anybody on the internet that even remotely cares about these seven sequels that I am exaggerating, but these, these sequels that James Cameron is making to, uh, that, that, nobody asked for on the other hand, Avatar itself was a movie that nobody asked for and is still, you know, 10 years later, the highest grossing film of all time. So I, I don't know what to do with any of that, but I just, I, I just thought that I would, um, I would, uh, I, I would bring that up. So again, if there's, uh, if you want to raise your voice and be included in the voicemail section, uh, call me up at two three one two two four Mike. That's two three one two two four six four uh, five three, and um, you know, I think to close out, I'm uh, I'm just gonna race down. Uh, the character listing on IMDb and kind of, you know, maybe uh, go through a little bit of trivia and some of the stuff that has popped up in the last uh, uh, two, three weeks of um, Avengers Endgame being out in the theaters and and we'll call it good at that. And all you got to do is tune in next week. Same Stone Cold time, same Stone Cold channel. will do it for this week's episode thank you for listening and if you'd like to listen to my past episodes including 
all of my KGRG college radio shows, all the way back from Mike After Dark through Mike and Mickey After Dark and into the first couple episodes of The Monday Project and more. Subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio app, Apple Podcasts, and on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Seibert Radio. Leave a voicemail at 231-224-MIKE. And write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. And that spelling, as always, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T, just like it sounds. This has been Mike Seibert Radio. My name is Mike, and until next time, make good choices. Um, so, hey, man, uh, uh, thanks for uh, jumping on with me for a couple minutes. Uh, that's uh, it, it's been a it's been a few. It has it's been a while since we talked wild dog. Yeah, that's true. Well, there really hasn't been a whole lot of wild dog to talk about. I, I well, I, I, I don't know if that show is even still on or even if that dude is part of that show anymore. I don't I don't I don't I don't really keep up as much. And 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 also, I mean, I guess since uh, uh, Cave Carson ended, you know, that uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was really hoping for a, a wild dog solo series at some point. Something, yeah. I don't know. They kind of wrote him like they could easily. Yeah, I, and because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he only had like a couple cameos in uh, Cave Carson has an interstellar eye, right? He just he just kind of like popped up in the background a time or two. So. Yeah, he was kind of a sidekick, I think, in the second issue, and then yeah, he just kind of slowly disappeared as the as the thing went by. But he was very crazy. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I I actually kind of like that characterization a little bit. It 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 uh because it, it finds another way to kind of uh, distinguish him from other vigilantes, um at least a little bit. Right. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's not the Punisher. Exactly. Well, he's truly a wild dog, or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, hey, you know what? I I should have I should have asked this like uh um in pre-show or um or or something other than here before I let you go. Um did you see uh the the great news today? Did you see that uh the Orville got uh renewed for season 3? I did. I'm very excited. Um but, you know, again, that's kind of my my wife likes that kind of stuff, but she really likes the Orville and so that's kind of our our show that we'll watch. And yeah, the, I love everything about the Orville. It's it's Star Trek the way I wanted Star Trek. I want yeah. the secondary characters as main characters. <laughs> Absolutely, because you've uh, you uh, cosplay as uh, Captain Mercer, right? I do, and I'll probably be doing the uh, the costume contest for Lilac City. I'll probably be wearing my Orville stuff. And nice. There's not much out there, so I, I just like wearing it. Just as people walk by, they'll go, "Oh, oh, hey, yeah, that." <laughs> well, it's, it, it looks like a comfy jacket. Those, those outfits look very comfy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>